Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. This week, sports bettors have a lot to celebrate. New Jersey won a landmark ruling from the Supreme Court on Monday, allowing the state to legalize sports betting. The court struck down a federal law that banned gambling on sports games in most of the country. The U.S. Supreme Court paved the way for American states to legalize betting on sports. The ruling comes from a years-long court battle led by New Jersey. And with this decision, the floodgates are open for legal gambling on sporting events across the country. One day, you'll be able to legally bet not just on who's going to win the game, but what the next play is going to be or who's going to win the coin toss. Proponents, whether states, the leagues, owners, or fans, see a lot of dollar signs. So what can we expect and win? With me are Joe Nocera, op-ed columnist for Bloomberg, and David Purdom, a staff writer for ESPN who writes about the sports betting industry. And Joe, what is allowed right now and how soon will things change? Well, the only thing that's allowed right now in terms of sports betting, legal sports betting, is Las Vegas. Uh, The casinos in Las Vegas all have sports betting houses. What is going to happen as a result of this law is that every state, theoretically, can allow their citizens to bet on sports. About 30 to 35 are expected to do so. Some of them fairly quickly, like New Jersey, which has been yearning to do this, in part to help their casinos. And what you're going to see is an inflow, I think, of tens of billions of dollars of money that was once bet illegally, suddenly become legal, become taxable, and create new gambling companies and maybe even a new gambling industry. David, to go through some of the different categories here, let's start with the sports fans. How significant do you think this ruling will be for people who just love sports? I don't think that it'll be that significant. The changes people have talked about, maybe, you know, an increase in advertising on sports betting or just more open talk about it on game broadcasts have been two of the things that have been mentioned as possible differences that traditional sports fans will see. Overall, I think it'll be a gradual increase in those things probably see a couple more shows dedicated to strictly sports betting. But generally, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be a drastic increase or difference that people, traditional sports fans, will notice right off the bat. But you don't think that maybe more people might start paying more attention because they'll have more money riding on it, they can actually bet on it, you know, casual gamblers? There has been uh, a lot of speculation that we will see some sort of an increase, and I think uh, the marketing efforts by the legal sports uh, books uh, will generate and create new gamblers. How many that will create, I'm not really sure. You know, we've talked about uh, how much uh, people are already betting on sports right now before this law. I think the most common estimates, $150 billion is wagered on sports annually in the U.S. Obviously, that's a lot of money. Uh, how much more money can we possibly wager? So how big of an increase of new gamblers we get, I think that's still up in the air. And I'm a little bit suspect of anybody that says it's going to be massive and change it dramatically. So one of the people who says it's going to be massive and change it dramatically is Mark Cuban, the flamboyant and well-known owner of the Dallas Mavericks basketball team. Literally within hours of the decision earlier this week, he came out on CNBC and said, the value of every franchise is about to double. And I wrote a column saying, well, I don't think so. And then he started tweeting nasty things at me. I'm going to take a bet on who's going to win that. (laughs) (laughs) He believes that people will watch with more intensity because they'll have uh, money on the line. He also believes that the technology will ultimately be that, you know, you can bet on the second half or whether LeBron is going to make the next shot or things that are much smaller than the game itself. I'm not convinced that regulators will allow that, and I'm not convinced that 
there are that many more new gamblers to be discovered in America, which is a country that already has lotteries, it already has casinos, it already has, uh, as David said, $150 billion already spent underground on sports. So I have to wonder how much more gambling there really is. David, if states start uh, legalizing gambling like this, there wouldn't be an immediate ban on betting on college sports. College was, you know, every bill will allow college sports betting at this time. New Jersey's current legislation would prohibit you from betting on any state school, uh, any games involving a Rutgers or a Seton Hall or any event that they may be involved in. But the college sports is going to be wagered on in the regulated market as far as right now. Well, one of the things that's going to happen is that the NCAA will certainly go to Congress and attempt to get a federal law that will ban uh, the betting on any amateur sports. And one of the big questions that looms over this whole thing is how much will the federal government get involved in the state efforts to regulate gambling? There's a lot of people who think that the only way it's going to work really successfully is if there's one law that oversees all the states, that's run by the feds. And if such a law were to happen, I can guarantee you the NCAA will push like crazy to make sure you can't bet on college sports. David, in a lot of other countries, they allow gambling on sports. Are there things that we can learn from their experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Australia legalized sports betting around 2001. They saw a massive increase in advertising that, that was, you know, all day, all long. We saw a similar something uh, in 2015 with Daily Fantasy when DraftKings and FanDuel bombarded the advertising market. And we saw ads for them, you know, every other commercial, it seemed like, for a while. Those type things have often led to spikes in addiction and gambling addiction. Australia, uh, when that happened, the treatment centers there, I would talk to them and said, before, we didn't hardly see any sports bettors. And then after this advertising barrage came on, all of a sudden, a third of their clients that were coming in, there saying, hey, I'm having trouble controlling my sports betting. So I think we need to be very careful on what type of advertising and how much uh, we allow. The U.K. does a very good job of this. It has a regulatory body that examines the different types of ads and makes sure that you're not targeting uh, young people or you're not using uh, – anything that to influence people to wager more. So it's going to be very important, in my opinion, that we really kind of curtail the advertising on this. Joe, I just have to ask, we're talking a lot about the big major league sports, but does this mean that, you know, you could bet on, is she going to land the quadruple axle or is that border collie going to win the Westminster dog show? Uh, that, that could well be the situation. I'll tell you, in the UK and other places, and this is where it gets really sleazy, they bet on doubles matches for tennis pros who aren't even in a big tournament. They're junior guys. And that's where a lot of matches, by the way, get thrown and and where there's been a lot of problems. Once you do this, it's kind of anything goes except for the specific things they say you can't bet on. Joe Nocera is an op-ed columnist for Bloomberg. And David Purdom is a staff writer for ESPN. Thank you both for joining. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. 